There's a yeah. lot of sites I look at that are from like, that get the like award site of the day. I'm like, oh my God, this is a masterpiece of someone making something. Yeah. It's like crazy to look at and really fun to interact with. But like, do I remember when I closed the browser tab what that brand actually was or what they were selling? <laughs> like, it's hard right. to say. This episode is brought to you by Miro. Create UX flows, visualize personas, map the user journey, and run design sprints all in one place with everyone on your team, wherever they're located. Miro is the number one visual collaboration platform that allows you to create, work together, and centralize communication across all of your design projects. Sign up free at Miro.com. You know, you just, one of the things I noticed recently, you just redesigned your website, owltastic.com. I did, yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I mean, there's so much to, th- we could talk an hour about this, really. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I probably could too, because it, it was such a long process for such a simple thing. Um, yeah. You know how it is when you redesign your own site. Simple Bits has been through so many evolutions over the years. So I know you know it, how it is. Oh, I totally. And I kind of gave up a few years ago <laughs> and like said, no, I can't do it. But I, I just love, I, well, there's a lot of things I love about it, but like, I, I feel like there's a resurgence happening a little bit with personal websites, maybe. Yeah, I hope so. I, I think so too. I mean, I yeah. think lately I've just gotten really nostalgic for the early mm-hmm. days of the web when we all had our own like little homes online and yes i i like one of the goals for the for owltastic now is to actually bring that back and bring everything back like into the site but in a way that's manageable um yeah but yeah i just i don't know i i miss the days when like everyone had their own kind of crazy quirky little personal site and so i wanted to take a little step towards bringing that back Um, I love that. I love it. (laughs) I just love it. I just, everything about it. I'm looking at it right now and hopefully you are too, uh, listeners, even like the subtle animation that's going on. Like I'm seeing the stars twinkling. I didn't notice that before actually. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Like CSS or. Yep. All, all CSS. I still Mm. haven't really bothered to learn JavaScript, sadly. Uh, it's you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess yeah. we don't really need to. That's the thing. Like, there's so many amazing, yeah. amazing front-end developers out there that, um, yeah, just knowing yeah. HTML and CSS has always been enough for me. So that's that's cool. Well, there's plenty to learn there alone, you know. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's cool that there's so much you can do with just HTML and CSS and yeah, I mean, totally. this, this site is like a good example of that. And I don't know, I, I just I've always been a fan of your interface work and like typography and texture and color, which oh. are all like the you know, like the tenants of good design. Right. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. how, how did you let, let's get into your your path, because you you um, you've been designing for a long time. And uh, we go way back, actually. We do. That's true. I I credit my early days of working with you as like one of the biggest milestones of my career. It kind of set me up for 
I think having the awesome career I've had, definitely, definitely (laughs) learned a lot (laughs) from those early days. Um, But yeah, I guess I've been designing, well, since about 2003, so 15 years now, which blows my mind. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it it totally does too. It it makes me feel old, to be honest, but. Well, it's funny because I realized, I think when I started working with you at Simple Bits, you were in your like mid thirties. And I remember thinking like, oh, Dan's such a grown up, you know, like I'm going <laughs> to learn so much from him because he's like this <laughs> successful designer. And I'm like, wow, that's how old I am now. <laughs> like, Here oh, we are. <laughs> right. That's pretty cool, actually. Right. Yeah, so it's been that, it's been that long where. And now I seriously feel old. Thank you. But, um, <laughs> no, no, sorry. But that's true. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. No, I but was yeah, more but- like, you are such a grown up, and I'm still not a grown up. So when is that going to happen? <laughs> yeah, it never um, does. I, I don't think. Yeah, if you're lucky, it never does. Yeah, I but I mean, that. That, yeah. <laughs> but but that was cool because I mean, I you know back then in 2003. I mean, well, first of all, we started working together in, in 2008. Yeah. But, um, okay, right. So, but you've been doing, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you, you had been already, you had a lot of experience under your belt that at that point. And, you know, that's, I was one of the reasons I, I wanted to work with you. And, and, uh, and, and that was fun because it was, that was right in the middle of, of crazy web design times. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Right. It was, um, yeah. I remember you had, we had the Markup and Style Society. <laughs> oh wow! Yes, <laughs> which right. is like such a cool thing, and and that's like the kind of thing that I get nostalgic about now because it really mm. was just like the days when HTML and CSS was so like celebrated, and we just we loved it so much, and people who wrote it like really deeply cared about it, and uh, yeah, to the point where we had like a fake old new england society for it you and you and ethan marcotte had started that right around the time that i moved up to salem which was so cool oh, that's that's right yeah yep ethan marcotte yeah uh, amazing designer Another developer person hero. yeah and yeah absolutely yeah definitely <laughs> and like that was that was a crazy time and yeah. i think well it's cool that we're talking about this because um, so much has happened since then and like building websites has changed so much. I think, I feel like that's totally. there's so much to learn, right? Again, or there always has been, I guess, but, yeah. um, but how, how, how do you feel about the state of things now? Because you're freelancing, right? You're freelance. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so you've been doing a lot of freelance work. D- totally doing just a hundred percent freelance pretty much. Um, at this point I have sort of a, we call it a studio, but you know how that is. Everyone's like our agency, our studio. And it's really just like <laughs> me and my husband, Andrew in our yeah. living room on our laptops. <laughs> but yeah. It's very professional awesome. and people should hire us. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, we have like a little studio uh, called Owl Studios. So we both do design and front end development, uh, which is cool. But yeah, it's awesome. it's funny, you know, to see the the way things I think have changed, particularly with like what it means to be a front end developer. Um, I think there's like a lot of debates about that and everyone talks about different frameworks and um, yeah, I don't know. It seems like it's all about that where I feel like when I was first starting out, it was, it was just kind of enough to know how to build your own websites. And that could be something as simple as like putting a one column website online that had mm-hmm. nicely styled text and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's got, it feels like it's gotten a lot more complex, but, um, 
I just wrote an article recently. It, it wasn't really an article. It was like a stream of consciousness mind dump um, <laughs> about <laughs> how I think it still is like all the stuff we were doing 10, 15 years ago, I think is still so valuable. And people get distracted by all the noise about like, uh, you know, which type of layout thing you should use. Like, are you a bad right. developer if you don't use CSS grid? Or are you not a real developer if you don't do JavaScript? And I right. guess the thing I was trying to say in the article is like, I think that's just like all noise. And I think it scares off a lot of people who might otherwise feel excited about tinkering around in the browser. And it's like, don't be scared. Mm -hmm. It's still, when you get down to it, like it's still just about writing good markup and then making it look cool <laughs> with CSS. Yes. Um, and you can take that oh, as far as you want. Like you don't have to worry about animations. You don't have to like freak out about learning the exact right way to lay things out. Like it's okay to just get in there and tinker and, and turn off styles and turn off images and just see what that mm -hmm. looks like. You know, it's kind of like, I, I want people to like get back to those days, which might be a, <laughs> might be a delusion or like wishful thinking, but I don't know. Oh, this is, this is incredible hearing this, <laughs> by the way. I love this. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally agree. I'm just glad someone younger than me is saying this too. Like, cause I, 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 I that's the kind of thing I worry about in that, you know, I, the way we learned I, I, is, is looking at source and yeah. Um, right. And, and, I feel like you can get overwhelmed if you look at source these days uh, for, for some sites and web apps and whatever. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. With all the, uh, everything that it's so complex, but you're right in that, like the, at the very core, it's still HTML. <laughs> right. And, and that's yeah. the, the foundation and it's still, is still like that. I love this. Yeah. And yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's like, I've worked with designers, you know, when I was in New York, um, I basically to back up a little bit, I guess, in the whole story thing. So after we worked together, obviously, uh, that was awesome and did that for a few years and freelanced while I was there in Salem and then moved to New York. And basically my whole six or seven years in New York was just like working at early stage startups and coming in and yeah, trying yeah. to kind of give them like, a, a brand and like help them define what their products should look like. Um, and some of them were at different stages than others, but yeah, I'd work with like designers who were totally freaked out in the hiring process when I'd be like, you're going to be writing your own CSS for, for your designs. And they're like, I don't know CSS. And I'm like, <laughs> don't worry. Like you, you can totally wrap your head around this. Like, I think it is Rachel Andrew said this in an article that I read recently. Um, but it's possible to learn how to like do the markup and styles for a site in a day. Like when you break it down to its core and, and it's at its like most simple level, um, it is something that you can just like teach yourself. But I think people do get so scared by all the different frameworks and that's constantly changing. And yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I, I want like designers to know that it's, it's not that scary. You can do it <laughs> and you'll love it. I think most of the designers I worked with who like learned it over the time that we worked together, were really excited about being able to go in and tweak the CSS to their heart's content. And uh, mm. that's, that's what I love about it. Like I'm, I'm kind of a control freak with my design. So I love being able to like tinker and 
get the details right and all that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ditto. I mean, tinker is a good word for it. Like that's, that's what gets me excited about yeah. all this stuff is you can tinker with it. So were the designers that you, they, they hadn't been using CSS. So they mostly, you know, graphic designers then or. Well, this is the funny thing. I mean, I think when in our, in our day, uh, to be a web designer meant that you knew how to write HTML and CSS, but I've seen now there's see, just right. so much like, um, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. <laughs> it's so uh, distributed. So now when you're hiring, you have people where they're like, I'm a UX designer. And all I do is like focus on um, wireframes. And these are the people right. who like, Right, are really right. good at like putting post-it notes on a wall and <laughs> yeah. doing all the kind of like explorations of uh, different <laughs> solutions, but like they don't know. <laughs> are you laughing at my post-it notes on the wall? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, love, I love it. I love it. Like someone that specializes in post-it notes. Well, and, no, it's funny because yeah, you would, you'd interview designers and, you know, be like, can I, you know, let's see your portfolio and their portfolio would be like a lot of pictures of them standing in front of a whiteboard with like, you know, and I, I was like, cool. So like, what have you designed, you know? And it's like, not to, not to undermine that part of the process. It's just, I think people have become so specialized. So I would, you know, I'd talk to people who had like amazing portfolios, but just that they had designed, but they hadn't built anything themselves or so. Well, I think you're right. I think it has become more specialized in all these different uh, facets of the whole project where um, you've got people that maybe specialize in a particular tool even like or totally software and and then that becomes overwhelming because there's so many of those oh I know you know out there <laughs> I try yeah it, it yeah. is overwhelming it's scary I, I kind of try to just like tune it out but it's hard because I'll have clients who are like do you know how to animate in this tool, like hmm. this software to create like crazy, awesome animations? And I'm like, no, but I can do the CSS3 animations for you. <laughs> like yeah. in the actual browser and the final product. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah. Which, which is, which, which I love. like, that's, yeah. Yeah. It's more my style too. <laughs> but, but it, but it is, it's interesting. Like the, the, the look and feel that that people are after these days is getting more, more yeah i mean getting more animated and more complex and um you know i wonder i i always sometimes i wonder to myself is the the actual core message of what's going on on the page you know yeah is that is that dwindling because of that or not i don't know <laughs> i don't know the answer to that but what do you think yeah i I guess I don't know the answer to that either, but I do, I do wonder that. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of sites I look at that are from like, that get the like award site of the day. I'm like, oh my God, this is a masterpiece of someone making something. Yeah. It's like crazy to look at and really fun to interact with. But like, do I remember when I closed the browser tab, what that brand actually was or what they were selling? <laughs> like, it's hard right. to say. Um Yeah. It well, definitely, that's true too. it definitely yeah. takes me back to the old days of Flash, you know, when mm, every, yeah. and, and that's like when I first started learning. Did you ever, 
Did you ever work in Flash? I can't really remember. Yeah, no, I never did really. I, I, I kind of, yeah, I, right. Have, have you before? In the- yeah, that's like how I got started. Was, oh, 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 with Flash. Okay. Yeah, wow, back in that. 2003, I had a laptop that, like, I think the laptop I bought at my school computer store, a very early MacBook had Macromedia back when it was still nice. Macromedia um, installed right. by default. <laughs> and it was like, you know, my my boyfriend was ignoring me and playing video games. So I was like, fine, I'm going to like play around with this new computer. And for whatever reason, the first thing I opened was Flash. And I started doing the tutorials mm. that came with the software. Um, and so that's mm. how I kind of got started <laughs> with design, weirdly. I was just playing around with Flash. Um, wow. Yeah. I, when I first was learning it, it was, I, I feel like I and everyone else was obsessed with like, figuring out how to do the craziest thing possible. So you'd click a button and it would like explode into a million dots and <laughs> bounce around the screen. <laughs> and The whole window would rotate 360 degrees. And I cared way more yeah. about learning how to like keyframe those kinds of animations than I did about actual good user experience. That was, that wasn't even mm. something I was aware of yet I was being paid to make websites for companies. So um, (laughs) yeah, it's just funny. It reminds me of that a little bit. It's like, we're all just really excited to like come up with the new coolest animation. And yeah, that's awesome and fun. And I I don't want to say that's not worthwhile, but it was just, no, I I hear what you're saying. (laughs) It's almost like um, there are so many more possibilities now, or it's easier to do, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say easier, but it's like there's more we can do, like totally. cross browser wise, you know. Now, so, but but sometimes more choices are are bad. I mean, not not saying it's bad, but yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, it's like this balance, right? Of totally. of um, of uh, using this new technology or knowing where to use it and where to not to use it, and yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's, I feel like there's been so many moments like this though in our, in our field and it'll continue to happen. Like I remember when web fonts first became a thing when like Jeffrey Bean came out with Typekit and it was just like, oh my God, we can, we can have like 6,000 fonts on one page. This is amazing. We're going to go nuts with it. And then I think it took like Jason Santa Maria writing articles to be like, just because we can use every font in the sun doesn't mean that like basic right. typography principles don't still apply. Um, <laughs> it's the same exactly. kind of thing with animation. Like just because we can do every amazing thing doesn't mean we have to. Um, right. Right. Totally. I, and, and like, I think there's like, there's, there's like animation and visual interestingness Yeah. F- for, for art's sake. And then there's also like for user experience and those kind of things are yeah, are different sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's like, it actually does enhance the user experience and there's been a yeah. lot of great people talking and writing about that. So I, I do think that is something that designers are like figuring out and appreciating as well. So yes, it's not to say like animation is bad because it's definitely, obviously I don't think that I like using it. Um, I hate it. (laughs) No, you don't. You like, (laughs) I I feel like everything I know about animation, I still is just the stuff that you were talking about, like 
seven years ago with like smoothing <laughs> transitions between things. Yeah. And I remember that when you wrote the A Book Apart book, um, it's yeah, CSS3 yep. for web designers. You talked about like how to use animation in, in subtle and tasteful ways. And I feel mm. like that's just basically what I still go back to and think about when I'm doing this stuff. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it's working. I mean, geez. <laughs> Thanks. It totally is. Uh, and, you know, I, I saw you mentioned this article, which I, I'm glad you did because I wanted to get into it, like how to become a designer who codes, <laughs> right? Which yeah. is cool because it's such a, it was like refreshing to see because you're actually talking about, hey, look at, take a website you're building and turn the CSS and the images off and see how Google reads a website and, yeah. and screen readers and I just, there's not a lot of, I, I have found there, there's not as much talk about that kind of thing. These days. <laughs> like, yeah, it feels totally. like source, like source and core HTML is sort of thrown by the wayside with everything else that's going on with, um, you know, JavaScript yeah. heavy sites. I don't know. but Yeah, it does. It does feel that way. And I think, uh, I think it's kind of a shame. I'm hoping to just like, create a little bit of a resurgence and in interest in like getting back to the basics because something I'm I'm still doing and I'm still excited about and yeah it, I feel like for a while it just became like boring to talk about that stuff because everyone knew it but now it's been yeah. <laughs> now it's been, like there's a new generation coming up that doesn't know it so now it's like exciting to talk about it again or I want it to be yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. I think it was, it was kind of the status quo for a while, and and, yeah. and, and so much has changed. It's really good to, like, just re that's a reminder. I think that what's what's important and the foundation is still important. Yeah, and, the, the um, like fundamentals. I've, yeah, exactly. I feel like it's funny because I'm like now that I've gone back to freelance, so I've left New York and living in Florida, which is like where I started out in my career um, and where I'm from. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like all the work I do. I feel like I'm just getting back to doing the stuff that I used to love to do in the beginning. Um, so my new site kind of reflects that. Like it's got a lot of layered old woodcut images and like etchings and old illustrations that I got off Wikipedia layered yes. into the design, which is the exact thing that I did 10 years ago when I was like in Salem. This is why, yeah, this is why I love it. When I first saw it, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's like old It's school. like, it's so Megan Fisher. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm but, so glad to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. But it also like is new and fresh. It was, it's like, and that's not easy to do. I don't think, um, I, I, I just, I just love it. Oh, well, thanks. I, I thought the same thing about, um, adventure when that launched i was like I, oh someone could show me this without any context and i would be like this is a this looks like something damn would do or damn would love <laughs> oh like it's it's just you come through in it so so clearly which is really cool oh thanks for saying that that's that's nice i i that's awesome i'm glad and i i'm glad it i think when when websites have a personality that goes beyond what's there. That's, that's, that's awesome. And that's, yeah. I think it's like what you're, what you're getting at earlier with like being nostalgic about personal websites that, that 
not, aren't necessarily built on a framework or something, but just it's a little more, um, well, it's more personal, I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, and I, I love that. Yeah, I do too. I feel like, um, these kind of, like these kinds of projects, it's like, you're free to just be kind of really expressive. I mean, it's hard with, with like a, my site, cause I'm trying to get people to hire me, but at the same time, I want them to know who I am before they do that. So I want the site to be very, like, I want mm. myself to come through with it, but I don't, but I also want it to be like, at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm, here to hire for a service so it needs to like get the message yeah. across really clearly so it's it's an interesting well, that, challenge that's a good point like and how is how has it been finding clients that that appreciate you know what you're what you're doing yeah i've i mean i've been really lucky it's definitely um i think for a long time i was trying i was like trying to emulate what i saw a lot of my favorite designers on dribble doing and like create the kind of work that these amazing agencies I follow were doing. And, um, I wasn't getting the clients that I, that I was like hoping to get, you know, or the types of projects I was hoping to get. But I feel like now that I've just kind of allowed myself to go back to doing what feels comfortable for me and letting my own style come through, it's, it's been like a big turning point. Like I've gotten clients who are like, I love that quirky, weird thing you did that you posted. And that's why I'm reaching out to you because I'm also mm. quirky and weird. And I also have a funny brand or a funny sensibility. So like, that's what I'm looking for. So actually kind of returning to, I guess, my own style and what feels right for me, even if it's not necessarily like what's cool <laughs> has, yeah. has been really good for me um, so far, knock on wood. So yeah, I'm lucky. Wow, well, that's amazing to hear. And that's <laughs> a really good point. I hope everyone understands like being yourself. Yeah. Can 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 pay off and also maybe make those projects more enjoyable for you. Right? Oh my gosh, completely. Yeah, the yeah. the when I was trying to just sort of like emulate what I thought a cool trendy website would look like, even when I did mm -hmm. get clients, you know, from doing that type of work, um the work itself was, was frustrating. Cause I felt like I didn't necessarily know how to design what, you know, what was like going to match this sort of ideal I had of cool and trendy. So it was always kind of an uphill battle where now when I'm like freeing myself to just do what feels creative and weird and fun to me, um, the work comes much more easily and the clients are like excited by it for the most part. I've been really lucky. And don't get me wrong, I still have some clients who are just like, yeah, I like it, but can you make it match this cool thing that Weno did? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I mean, I get it. That is awesome. I see why you'd want me to do it, uh, you know, yeah. even though their style might be different from mine. Um, right, right. So that does still happen, totally. But every now and then I get clients who are just like, yeah, do your crazy Megan thing. And, and I love it. And that's really cool. So <laughs> <laughs> crazy me. <laughs> That's how I think of it. And it's funny because I mentioned earlier uh, that I work with Andrew, um, my husband, who's also a designer and his yes. style is like really muted and clean. And um, like, I don't know, he, he usually has like a very simple color palette, very like simple typography. And so we're just like kind of in totally 
totally different directions, which works really well. Because uh, usually, yeah, I was going to say, does that does that work? Yeah, I mean, sort of a, as a balance kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's actually been really great. Like he's pulled me a little bit back, I would say, which is a, kind of a good thing. Like tempered my tendency to have eight thousand colors and a million textures, and you know, like go really big mm-hmm. with it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I've sort of helped to encourage him to inject like more of himself into it because he actually does like certain like kind of quirky, funky things. So seeing my work, I think has like made emboldened him to get a little more creative with his stuff. And he's also helped me like remember that just the principles of like good layout and good typography are really important. And it's not just about having owls that rotate and twinkling stars. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We love those things. Uh, Yeah. I like, um, how did, so I, you've had owl tastic, (laughs) <laughs> as your handle and your website for a long time. But um, yeah. yeah, why why owls? I mean, I kind of, I sort of know the answer to this, but I... No, it's cool. It'd be cool to, yeah. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's a lot of answers, I suppose. It's funny because I started out using <laughs> my my name, which I think is what I had when I was working with you. Um, yes. Yeah, Fisher.com. Yeah. And then like, no one could ever spell it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just kind of confusing. So I thought that I wanted to do something simpler. Um, and I've always loved owls. They've always just kind of been my favorite animal, uh, even like growing up. But I also work really weird hours. I still do that. <laughs> um, All right, you right. probably remember me coming in at like 11 and being like, I just woke up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not that bad now, but... There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, <laughs> I've always worked really late into the night. Uh, so I kind of identify with owls, that like nocturnal thing. And then I, I think my favorite reason for the owl thing is that when I moved out of my parents' house, my dad said that an owl moved into like the backyard and would just sit outside their window and make really loud noises all night. And he said Whoa. it felt like I never left because <laughs> like I used to keep him up uh, at night, you know, stressing him out and being noisy and whatever. And then the moment I left, this owl came in and like replaced me. <laughs> That's like, amazing. He's like, it's like your spirit is still here. Um, wow. Yeah. So. So there's like there's a whole bunch of levels. There's so many. It's levels not just the owl it's thing. not just a catchy name. It's like <laughs> it, it, there's a lot of meaning behind it. Yeah, there is. I think the whole tastic thing, the idea of pairing owls and fantastic, feels a bit silly to me now uh it's it doesn't quite when i was like 23 or whatever and came up with it i'm like this is gonna be awesome and and now i'm like i wish i'd thought to make it a little more like distinguished sounding which is why andrew Uh, and i now have owl studios which sounds slightly more grown up but it it does it does but i (laughs) i don't think you should ever change it because and and i love the you've it's owl-tastic and on the website, which people will see there, it's just this understated, you know, chunky serif yeah. that just says owl-tastic and it's kind of more <laughs> serious. So it brings it back. I, I just, I love the juxtaposition of that. It's great. Awesome. Well, never change, never change. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'll never, no, never out of laziness. but. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Miro. Designers, 
Do you find it hard to keep track of all your conversations and threads across chats, docs, messaging apps, and other tools? Do you have online meetings where the whiteboard is in one room, but the participants are in different locations? Do you struggle to keep all project participants updated on the latest changes? Collaboration can be hard. That's why Miro makes it super simple for everyone on your team, designers, developers, product managers, and everyone else, to ideate, create, and collaborate on projects together, no matter where they're located. You get one centralized hub that gives you a shared visual workspace and visibility into projects progress. It's time to get everyone on the same board. Experience the number one visual collaboration platform for designers. Try Miro free at Miro.com. So, so going back a little bit to, to, um, you know, designers that code, I mean, this is, I don't, I don't know if I should ask this question because this is like the, the question that seems to be asked all the time, like should designers code? And you might actually reference that in the article, but, but, um, do you find, you know, in terms of working with clients now, um, do, do you find like people are are surprised maybe that you you do both yeah or, or 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 maybe that's why they're hiring you or you know i wonder how that plays into to it well yeah it's it's funny i think um at the beginning of, the, of my career and i guess the reason i sort of learned to code is and i i'm sure you'll remember this as well it, it was just sort of assumed like if a client came to you and said i need a website they weren't expecting you to then deliver like a photoshop file they just right. expected a completed website and to say to the client mm-hmm. like okay well i can design a picture of a website for you but you have to find someone else to build it like you just wouldn't have gotten work um <laughs> so that's kind of why i learned was like the only way these things were going to get to actually exist on the internet was if I built them. Um, right now, I think, like I said before, it, it has become so segmented that a lot of times clients come to me and don't even realize necessarily that I code. Or I say on my website, like I'm a designer developer hybrid, but clients don't like really think about that. So they, a lot of times, I find now people just assume they'll have to get a developer. Um, oh, wow. Right, right. Which is kind of interesting. Or they've already got a developer lined up and they're like, we just want you to design it, uh, which is fine. And and I've done projects like that. But it's funny because a lot of times I'm like, put me in touch with your developer and I'll, you know, I'll talk to them and find out like how they're going to be building the site, um, you know, what kind of platform it's living on or whatever. And then most of the time I do end up still doing like a the basic front end for it. Um, <laughs> I worked on mm. a project recently. It's kind of funny where they had hired a developer to do it. And um, I was designing it and I was designing all the different breakpoints for it because it was a responsive website and uh, trying to communicate with the developer of like creating those kind of specs that designer you see designers deliver where it's like, here's the margins around each button and here's, um, right, right. you know, like the exact weight of the font and all this stuff. And I was frustrated because it was taking me so long to design all the different breakpoints. And I felt like I wasn't really sure if, if it was actually going to work. Like when you're just doing it in sketch or XD or whatever, um, 
it's not the same as actually interacting with it in a browser. So I ended up just quickly building the page anyway, uh, even though that isn't what I was hired to do, just to kind of be sure and and like get that gut test test of interacting with it in the browser. Um, and sure enough, like a lot of the assumptions I've made about how things would feel when I was just kind of doing it in um, in XD, it didn't it didn't work. So I ended up just like kind of building it and sending it to the developer and being like, obviously this isn't production ready code, but you can refer to this when you're trying to grab styles from it. Um, and that way you don't have to go digging around in the mockup. And so a lot of times I do just end up writing CSS for things anyway, because I'm faster at that. <laughs> yeah. Like it, like it helps it, regardless of whether they use it or not. Yeah. It helps you kind of create. Yeah. Yeah. It totally is just an inherent part of my process. So I guess mm. that's a really long winded way of saying that I don't think designers have to code obviously because um, many don't, but it's just such a huge asset for me in, in everything I do, even projects where I'm not, building it, um, just knowing how it's going to get made helps me communicate better with the developer. It helps me ensure that the final product is that the client gets what they've hired me to give them. Um, mm. I don't know. It's, it, it's hard for me to imagine like knowing how to design something like a responsive website without understanding how re responsive websites get made. Um, mm. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely been like the greatest it's been like the backbone of my career, really, knowing how to build and design, I would say. Um, yeah. So I'm glad I do. <laughs> yeah, no, I bet. I bet. <laughs> and, and, um, and, you know, the other thing I wanted to, to dig into a little bit, too, you have a, another Medium article about a particular project that you worked on. I guess this was last year. This is 2018. But um, the Behavior Change for Good yeah. uh, project. And um, this article is great because you you really kind of go into like your process and and um, and I wonder if you could share a little bit about that because you know there's stuff about mood boards here and, <laughs> and how you present and um, but uh, it'd be cool to hear hear about how that how that went and and, and uh, how, you know how you uh, managed it. Yeah. Um, well. Like, as I kind of talk about in that article, that was an interesting project because sometimes clients come to you and they have a really clear idea of what they want their sort of personality to be uh, in their website. I, I always think of it as like personality, but it's just like your voice, your the kind of tone of your brand or whatever. Um, so like recently I worked on a project where they were like, we want it to feel sort of like old academic, um, but also have the look and feel of like a nicely designed restaurant menu. Um, so you can kind of start to immediately get a sense of what that's like. And they're like, we want the tone of it yeah. to be, you know, like intellectual and refined, um, but have like little elements of, of, you know, just something that's like exciting to the user or, uh, makes makes the person interacting with the site feel smart just for being on it kind of thing. And so yeah. when someone comes to you with a really well-defined kind of brand voice like that, then I sometimes don't need to do as much like initial exploration. Um, but for behavior change for good, the one you referenced, they were, they were just like, we don't know. They're like, this is a, 
a tool that's helping people form better habits, but we don't know what style is going to help people do that. Um, uh, you know, we just, we're scientists, we, like we can't even begin to think of this tool that we're creating as having a personality. So for that one, it was like, I, we did a lot of explorations. Um, in the first part of the case study, I talk about, we were making a tool for students to help them uh, like get better habits of doing their homework and studying. So I was like, there's lots of different ways you can appeal to like kids or I guess they were like preteens. So it's like, you could try mm. to make it feel like a cool, edgy, like fun thing to use, like a video game or, you know, it could be just sort of playful and have like a lot of energy to it. Um, and I did all these different kind of explorations where I pulled on inspiration and, and things that, you know, I felt these, these students would be into. Unfortunately, we didn't have like the space or the, or the budget to do um, real user research, which is what I would have liked to do, but we were under a real, mm. real timeline. So we were kind of just working with assumptions, but um, yeah, we just, we just, I started out like just kind of exploring these different personality types that I thought the product could have because the way I saw it, the product was sort of speaking to these kids and we wanted them to form a relationship with it. So it needed to have a clear personality. Um, so that's, that's a lot of times how I'll start out. And then, you know, you clients react to it and say like, Oh, this feels a little bit too playful. Like we still want it to feel, uh, you know, like a useful tool and something that teachers won't be dismissive of. So then you can scale that back by making the colors a little more muted or introducing a serif font instead of a sans serif font. So it doesn't feel quite mm -hmm. so whimsical. Um, so a lot of times that's the early process that I go through in terms of visual design, kind of just exploring and doing those like style tiles. I don't know if people remember when that was, that was a, yeah. a big thing, but I still use that all the time and uh, find it yeah. really helpful. Yeah. Style tiles. Yes. <laughs> totally helpful. What's cool is like, I, you know, I not knowing much about the project uh, other than from this article, you know, if, if I'm reading down through it, I can see exactly like through the style tiles. Yeah. I can see exactly what you were presenting and it, it just makes sense. It's really cohesive and, and, uh, it seems really useful. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I think yeah. framing um, like style exploration conversations that way around sort of a personality can be really helpful when you're working with a client. Cause a lot of times clients don't know how to articulate what, like why something doesn't feel right. So if you say mm, like, yeah, right. You know, if it, does it feel like if this was a person, it would be too aggressive um, or does it feel like it's not being assertive enough? Like giving them that framework helps them talk about it in a way that we can understand. And we know how to translate as designers, we kind of intuitively know how to translate those personality qualities into design elements. So, right. yeah. Good. Yeah, absolutely. This is <laughs> um, it's great stuff. And I thought it was interesting. You mentioned that if there was more time and budget that, you know, user research could come into play. But for this particular project, you know, that was, you were unable to do that, but that the be the sort of different personality presentations helped in, in lieu of having some research, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was, this project, it was, it was tough because they just, you know, I think the whole like question of user, 
doing user research and things like that, like, I always think it's, it's a great thing to do. And I think there's almost always something you can do. Um, so with this one, it, because it was just like a new tool that they were introducing, uh, they hadn't really, it was kind of just like, let's get something out there and try it. But, um, a lot mm. of times I think people are like scared off by the idea of user research. And I was for a long time too. Like I, I was like, I don't know what to say if I sit down with a user and how to interview them. And there are people who are like awesome at that. And that is actually one specialization that I think is, is like worthwhile. And if you can have that person on your team, it's, it's totally worth it. Um, but yeah, yeah, totally. I think user research, I found this when I was like working at startups can be something as simple as like sitting in on sales calls when you know, the sales team is selling your product, like listen to the kinds of questions people are asking or um, like what one company I worked with, we, everybody had access to the support center. So we got, we saw the emails that were coming in from customers. And so we got a sense for how they, what kind of language they used, or they'd say like, I was trying to use this while I was on my way to work and it crashed on my phone. And that's like a really valuable piece of information the design team mm. to have like people are using this on the go um so even if you don't have the time to like sit down and interview people there's ways that you can get access to the users that can still be really valuable so i try to do that when i start new projects even if it's just like can you send me like can you give me a login to your support site <laughs> and i think sometimes <laughs> yeah. clients are like what why or i'm like forward oh, me a bunch fantastic. of emails from from your customers or can I listen in on a call with one of them or something like that? It's kind of like secret spying guerrilla or <laughs> guerrilla user research, but I find that really yeah. valuable because then you start. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, you start to put together that, like you get a sense for going back to the personality thing, like what kind of personality would, would speak to, to these people and what kind of language do they use? And Yeah. Find it helpful. That's really good advice, actually. <laughs> um, that you know, also that research doesn't mean necessarily doesn't mean you know interviewing people in a laboratory and all that stuff. And yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm watching the music. I mean, that's definitely like the gold yeah. standard. Yep. Obviously, you're going to get the most out of that, but. Sometimes that's not feasible, but there's yeah. almost always something I else love that. you can do. So, I stole that from just enough research. Oh, excellent! Yeah, Erica Hall's book. It, so. That's a good. No, that, go no that's that. a good plug. <laughs> I don't want to take credit for I mean, it. <laughs> yeah, her everything she talks about with it made me feel less scared of the whole mm. idea of user research as like a, a discipline that's or good a thing stuff. to do. That's so. great stuff. Now, yeah. so you're in you're in Florida now, based in Florida, uh, and but you were in New York for yeah. several years. Like, was yeah? W- does it matter where you are when you when you're working? <laughs> that's yeah. That's an interesting <laughs> Very question. Very leading question. Um, <laughs> I no no. It's um, well. So we moved to Florida at the beginning of last year. And I think for the first year, it it was definitely like challenging to figure out how to navigate finding like most of our work is remote. Um, there's not a lot of 
there's not like a big industry for it here locally. Although we've started to find uh, like agencies and things like that, that we can partner with in Orlando. But um, yeah, at first I was like getting all these amazing requests when people still thought I was in New York where they were like, you know, we've got this great job. Can you be in our office tomorrow to come work on it? And it was like gutting to be like, no, do you want to work together (laughs) remotely? Uh, (laughs) um, So, you know, that, and that's something I think we're still kind of, we're still figuring out, like, we don't know how long we'll stay in Florida or whatever, but um, since then, you know, it started to pick up and I think I've found the right clients who are, who are happy to work together remotely. And um, so no, it, it doesn't matter, but it can certainly give you an advantage, I would say to, to maybe be based in a place where there's a lot going on and, uh, where you'll be able to find clients locally. But I think if you stick with it and just kind of keep marketing your work and find the right partners who are happy to work remotely, then yeah. it's fine. And, and, uh, yeah, no, that makes work. sense. I, I think, um, <laughs> I know it was kind of a, I like asking questions where I, I have an opinion about them, but then I just ask them anyway. And mm. No, I'm curious what you think, because you've been based in Salem, which is not like it wasn't right. known before you started there anyway for for being like a home yeah, design yeah, exactly. activity. Right. So, I, I, say, I, so. I, I always have thought like it, it doesn't, you know, we, we put a lot of, yeah, it doesn't matter. And we put a lot of emphasis on matter. New York or, or San Francisco or, or, or these hubs and, and, um, and you know, of course there's pros and yeah. cons and, and sometimes they're great places to live anyway. So it doesn't, it's not like that was the decision, but, um, <laughs> so much remote work is happening and it, it's so possible that I love when people are in, you know, not necessarily a quote unquote yeah. tech hub, you know, um, but which it's always, Oh yeah. It's always cool to see people, you know, building great careers that, you know, from anywhere, I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think seeing so many designers pull that off, it, like on Dribble, mm, has given yeah. me a lot of hope about it. Because but definitely before we moved down here, we were scared, you know, we're like to go from working, you know, with these like mm-hmm. big companies in New York and just like leaving that behind. There's definitely that feeling of like scarcity, like, oh my God, no, I have yeah. to be in the center of where it's all happening or I'll you know, or I'll just be like cut off from the industry. And, yeah. but that's not true at all. Like, <laughs> like I said, there was a bit of a transition, I think just going from New York to somewhere else. But now that we've kind of figured it out and, and found the right clients, it's, it's been great. And there's so many people I follow on Dribble and discover new people all the time where I'm like, Oh my God, they're, you know, in yeah, like a small exactly. town in Poland or, yeah. somewhere in the yep. in the midwest or whatever and, and they're doing like yeah. work that's blowing my mind so obviously where you're based has nothing to do with yep. the quality of work you can create i think it's just about finding clients and thankfully dribble makes Ooh. that pretty possible well, i would say uh yeah <laughs> no definitely i mean i still got most of my work through it and yeah. it's awesome um because people are just discovering yeah. great designers, myself included, all the time on awesome. there. So yeah, and I didn't, love it. I didn't pay you to say that. No, no you definitely didn't. <laughs> not at all. You don't have to. <laughs> I love it. I still tell people. 
all the time how much oh, I'm excited about that. it. I mean, you're just killing it. The work is amazing. Very cool. um, I, I just your style has has like evolved, but at the same time, it's like very Megan, and I just it's just really cool to see and um, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming down to Orlando. Where should I go uh, in Orlando when I'm down there? <laughs> oh, my God. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm taking well, the kids. Are you yeah, coming exactly. with and, yeah. kids? Yeah, yeah Universal. Are you guys doing the Disney thing? Probably, hopefully part of Disney. Nice. And I, so I'm a little jealous because okay, well. I, you know, your Instagram and stuff is like, oh, we're just popping over to Disney World for the day or whatever. And I'm like, that, see, that's see, that <laughs> yeah. is an advantage of living living in Orlando, right? Yeah, it's it's really funny. Um, we have annual passes. That's like a thing you can get if you're a Florida oh, resident. Really? So okay. So we, you can literally go anytime you want. Yeah. If anyone needs Disney or Universal tips, I can tell you like which restaurants to eat, like which food vendors and what oh, sections of the park are good. Um, right. We're going to have to do another episode on that. I know. I I, just like a special bonus Disney yeah, bonus. and Universal episode. Uh, yes. Andrew, my husband is English, so and he gets really homesick. So we like go to the Harry Potter section a lot and just hang out and like oh have gosh, a pint right. in Diagonale. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like being back home. Yeah, that's incredible. Make, or we go to like the English section of Epcot and hang <laughs> Epcot, out in the right. That's like our local bar. Like Is there a British Ep- in Epcot? Yeah, you're gonna yeah. love it. The fish and wow. chips there are actually legit. Like Andrew wow. swears by them. So that's amazing that's a tip for you. <laughs> that's incredible. And the Harry Potter is high on the list. So we got to. Oh my God. You guys great. are going to love it. It's yeah. so fun. It's really cool. Wow. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for you. Yeah. And that's like, well, that could be a good inspiration. Oh, it's like for you, right? Like, cause you'd be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm literally going to go and like, see different parts of the world <laughs> like right yeah. next door and uh yeah has it helped at all or yeah well it's it's really funny because i didn't i didn't like think it had influenced me really but we were just at harry potter recently we're <laughs> walking around this one shop and it's all um it's full of like telescopes and like old tiny astronomical hmm. equipment and the oh, ceiling yeah, is painted like navy blue with gold stars twinkling on it. And Andrew was like, holy shit, this is where you got your website from, isn't it? You just <laughs> ripped off this store. And I was like, I didn't, but you're so right. And there's owls everywhere. He's like, you just made, right. you're just taking Harry Potter and making that your brand. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't, wow. I didn't mean to, but it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible I, th- I think it's like seeping into my consciousness more than i realize i probably should stop hanging out there all the time oh it's come full circle like you, that's, I know. but the, the, here's the thing is if you've been fo- if you've been following your work for any length of time you know that you've been yeah. into owls since before harry potter really. yeah i did it first <laughs> yeah so i think I think no. it's just kind of serendipitous that you found that, but yeah, um, you'll appreciate it so much as a designer though, going to theme parks. Cause Andrew and I talk about this all the time. He's actually writing a book about system design right now. So that's like all we're thinking oh, about because I'm, I'm oh, helping yeah. him edit it and we're putting it out together. But when you're at oh, Disney, great. it's, it's like amazing. You go up to the, to where like the parking lot is at magic kingdom and the trash cans, 
have like their own parking lot branding that matches the color of the telephone <laughs> poles, which matches the custom water vending machine they built. Like the the sense of brand and and like a system in these places is just like spot on. It's it's incredible. That's a great point too. I mean, regardless of of whether you like to go to Disney or not, yeah, or any theme park, I guess um, <laughs> there's a, there's a ton you can you can glean from like the the experience part of it. Yeah, it's um, Disney in particular. I think is like yeah, yeah, they've just totally nailed it on the whole brand thing. They really have. Yeah, it's it's well. So exciting. the book. So you mentioned the book. That's awesome. Where can people like find out when when you when you when it's out? So if you go to designsystemfoundations.com. Uh, that's where he's got information about the book and you can sign up for the uh, newsletter, which will be doing updates there. And I think we're going to have some like discounts and pre-orders and stuff like that. So people should check that out. But it's been really cool figuring out how to make a book because neither of us has ever really done that. Um, And actually my, my time working at Simple Bits has proved you'll be glad to hear has been like so valuable in this process because you might remember really? I you were like publishing um the second edition of one of your books. I think it was oh yeah sure uh, like b- the bulletproof one. Bulletproof web design. Yeah. 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 And that was yep. while I was there. So I got to see like how that works and watch you editing and writing and and then oh, wow. all the stuff we did of like packing up merch and putting little personalized touches on it. Like I loved doing that when I was at Simple Bits and I want to do that now for the book. Oh, so we're going to... Super cool. Yeah, we're going to try to figure out like some cool ways to make it, you know, just something really special because we're super proud of it. So that's great. So you're, and you're, so you're doing everything you're, uh, on your own. That's, that's great. That's the plan. Yeah, we're still, yeah. we're still figuring it out. Andrew's been talking to a lot of people, but... We're really inspired by, you know, what people like Brad Frost did with his book, where mm-hmm. it was yeah. like totally self-published and yeah, very cool. So, yeah, we just want to try awesome. it. <laughs> I well, think, that's great. I mean, geez. Yeah, I think you can appreciate like the joy of making something by like yourself that you can hold with your hands. And I, oh I was gosh, really inspired yeah. by seeing you do that with adventure. It's been so cool and. I feel like now I want to do that. I'm like, I want to make a pen. I want to make a mug that's like the mug I oh. want to have. And I don't know. I just yeah. love it. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's so fun. It really <laughs> is. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going broke, but it's fun to make this stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you were saying that with the book. We're like, you don't make yeah. any money doing this, but it's <laughs> it's just so fun. Like, it's worth it. I mean, that's well, a privileged so- thing to be able to say, but, you know, it's cool. Yeah, no. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and it will, it says the book will be in print. So it's going to be print and yeah. Uh, ebook. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, That's the idea. I, I agree. Like, I think as you know, people that primarily work digitally, like just being able to make physical products, you know, it's, is something really satisfying about it. I don't think, I don't think that would ever go away. Yeah, totally. It's, it's yeah. funny though. Cause you were saying earlier about like different, disciplines and like our you know our people graphic designers web designers like i think we're all just designers who want to like create cool stuff so it's funny because you're known for like being one of the founders of dribble and and being a web designer and web developer but then you've got this side of you that wants to create like amazing notebooks and 
I don't know. Yeah. It's just yeah, I just like to make stuff. Exactly. I'm sure you're the, I'm sure you're the, you're the same way, and, and uh, yeah, just that the act of creating, right? Yep. Um, just never never stops. So satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> Super satisfying. Well, hey, Megan, this was awesome to catch up and have you share your story and your process, and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see, you know, what you create next in the book and, and uh, Owl Studios and <laughs> Owltastic.com. And if you're not following uh, Megan, you, you got you to gotta do it. And um, yeah, just thanks so much. Well, thank you, Dan. 